chapter eight part one of the may flower and miscellaneous writings by harriet beecher stowe this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the may flower and miscellaneous writings by harriet beecher stowe chapter eight the sabbath sketches from a notebook of an elderly gentleman part one the puritan sabbath is there such a thing existing now or has it gone with the things that were to be looked at as a curiosity in the museum of the past can any one in memory take himself back to the unbroken stillness of that day and recall the sense of religious awe which seemed to brood in the very atmosphere checking the merry laugh of childhood and chaining in unwonted stillness the tongue of volatile youth and imparting even to the sunshine of heaven and the unconscious notes of animals a tone of its own gravity and repose if you cannot remember these things go back with me to the verge of early boyhood and live with me one of the sabbaths that i have spent beneath the roof of my uncle phineas fletcher imagine the long sunny hours of a saturday afternoon insensibly slipping away as we youngsters are exploring the length and breadth of a trout stream or chasing gray squirrels or building mud mill dams in the brook the sun sinks lower and lower but we still think it does not want half an hour to sundown at last he so evidently is really going down that there is no room for scepticism or latitude of opinion on the subject and with many a lingering regret we began to put away our fish-hooks and hang our hoops over our arm preparatory to trudging homeward oh henry don't you wish that saturday afternoons lasted longer said little john to me i do says cousin bill who was never the boy to mince matters in giving his sentiments and i wouldn't care if sunday didn't come but once a year oh bill that's wicked i'm afraid says little conscientious susan who with her doll in hand was coming home from a saturday afternoon visit can't help it says bill catching susan's bag and tossing it in the air i never did like to sit still and that's why i hate sundays hate sundays oh bill why aunt kezzy says heaven is an eternal sabbath only think of that well i know i must be pretty different from what i am now before i could sit still for ever said bill in a lower and somewhat disconcerted tone as if admitting the force of the consideration the rest of us began to look very grave and to think that we must get to liking sunday some time or other or it would be a very bad thing for us as we drew near the dwelling the compact and business-like form of aunt kezzy was seen emerging from the house to hasten our approach how often have i told you young ones not to stay out after sundown on saturday night don't you know it's the same as sunday you wicked children you come right into the house every one of you and never let me hear of such a thing again 
this was aunt kezzy's regular exordium every saturday night for we children being blinded as she supposed by natural depravity always made strange mistakes in reckoning time on saturday afternoons after being duly suppered and scrubbed we were enjoined to go to bed and remember that to-morrow was sunday and that we must not laugh and play in the morning with many a sorrowful look did susan deposit her doll in the chest and give one lingering glance at the patchwork she was piecing for dolly's bed while william john and myself emptied our pockets of all superfluous fish-hooks bits of twine pop-guns slices of potato marbles and all the various items of boy property which to keep us from temptation were taken into aunt kezzy's safe-keeping over sunday my uncle phineas was a man of great exactness and sunday was the centre of his whole worldly and religious system everything with regard to his worldly business was so arranged that by saturday noon it seemed to come to a close of itself all his accounts were looked over his workmen paid all borrowed things returned and lent things sent after and every tool and article belonging to the farm was returned to its own place at exactly such an hour every saturday afternoon and an hour before sundown every item of preparation even to the blacking of his sunday shoes and the brushing of his sunday coat was entirely concluded and at the going down of the sun the stillness of the sabbath seemed to settle down over the whole dwelling and now it is sunday morning and though all without is fragrance and motion and beauty the dewdrops are twinkling butterflies fluttering and merry birds carolling and racketing as if they never could sing loud or fast enough yet within there is such a stillness that the tick of the tall mahogany clock is audible through the whole house and the buzz of the blue flies as they whiz along up and down the window-panes is a distinct item of hearing look into the best front room and you may see the upright form of my uncle phineas in his immaculate sunday clothes with his bible spread open on the little stand before him and even a deeper than usual gravity settling down over his toil-worn features alongside in well-brushed sunday clothes with clean faces and smooth hair sat the whole of us younger people each drawn up in a chair with hat and handkerchief ready for the first stroke of the bell while aunt kezzy all trimmed and primmed and made ready for meeting sat reading her psalm-book only looking up occasionally to give an additional jerk to some shirt-collar or the fifteenth pull to susan's frock or to repress any straggling looks that might be wandering about beholding vanity a stranger in glancing at uncle phineas as he sat intent on his sunday reading might have seen that the sabbath was in his heart there was no mistake about it it was plain that he had put by all worldly thoughts when he shut up his account-book and that his mind was as free from 
every earthly association as his sunday coat was from dust the slave of worldliness who is driven by perplexing business or adventurous speculation through the hours of a half-kept sabbath to the fatigues of another week might envy the unbroken quiet the sunny tranquillity which hallowed the weekly rest of my uncle the sabbath of the puritan christian was the golden day and all its associations and all its thoughts words and deeds were so entirely distinct from the ordinary material of life that it was to him a sort of weekly translation a quitting of this world to sojourn a day in a better and year after year as each sabbath set its seal on the completed labours of a week the pilgrim felt that one more stage of his earth journey was completed and that he was one week nearer to his eternal rest and as years with their changes came on and the strong man grew old and missed one after another familiar forms that had risen around his earlier years the face of the sabbath became like that of an old and tried friend carrying him back to the scenes of his youth and connecting him with scenes long gone by restoring to him the dew and freshness of brighter and more buoyant days viewed simply as an institution for a christian and mature mind nothing could be more perfect than the puritan sabbath if it had any failing it was in the want of adaptation to children and to those not interested in its peculiar duties if you had been in the dwelling of my uncle of a sabbath morning you must have found the unbroken stillness delightful the calm and quiet must have soothed and disposed you for contemplation and the evident appearance of single-hearted devotion to the duties of the day in the elder part of the family must have been a striking addition to the picture but then if your eye had watched attentively the motions of us juveniles you might have seen that what was so very invigorating to the disciplined christian was a weariness to young flesh and bones then there was not as now the intellectual relaxation afforded by the sunday school with its various forms of religious exercise its thousand modes of interesting and useful information our whole stock in this line was the bible and primer and these were our main dependence for whiling away the tedious hours between our early breakfast and the signal for meeting how often was our invention stretched to find wherewithal to keep up our stock of excitement in a line with the duties of the day for the first half-hour perhaps a story in the bible answered our purpose very well but having dispatched the history of joseph or the story of the ten plagues we then took to the primer and then there was first the looking over the system of theological and ethical teaching commencing in adam's fall we sinned all and extending through three or four pages of pictorial and poetic embellishment next was the death of john rogers who was burned at smithfield and for a while we could entertain ourselves with counting all his nine children and one at the breast as in the picture they stand in a regular row like a pair of stairs 
these being done came miscellaneous exercises of our own invention such as counting all the psalms in the psalm-book backward and forward to and from the doxology or numbering the books in the bible or some other such device as we deemed within the pale of religious employments when all these failed and it still wanted an hour of meeting-time we looked up at the ceiling and down at the floor and all around into every corner to see what we could do next and happy was he who could spy a pin gleaming in some distant crack and forthwith muster an occasion for getting down to pick it up then there was the infallible recollection that we wanted a drink of water as an excuse to get out to the well or else we heard some strange noise among the chickens and insisted that it was essential that we should see what was the matter or else pussy would jump on to the table when all of us would spring to drive her down while there was a most assiduous watching of the clock to see when the first bell would ring happy was it for us in the interim if we did not begin to look at each other and make up faces or slyly slip off and on our shoes or some other incipient attempts at roguery which would gradually so undermine our gravity that there would be some sudden explosion of merriment whereat uncle phineas would look up and say tut tut and aunt kezzy would make a speech about wicked children breaking the sabbath day i remember once how my cousin bill got into deep disgrace one sunday by a roguish trick he was just about to close his bible with all sobriety when snap came a grasshopper through an open window and alighted in the middle of the page bill instantly kidnapped the intruder for so important an auxiliary in the way of employment was not to be despised presently we children looked towards bill and there he sat very demurely reading his bible with the grasshopper hanging by one leg from the corner of his mouth kicking and sprawling without in the least disturbing master william's gravity we all burst into an uproarious laugh but it came to be rather a serious affair for bill as his good father was in the practice of enforcing truth and duty by certain modes of moral suasion much recommended by solomon though fallen into disrepute at the present day this morning picture may give a good specimen of the whole livelong sunday which presented only an alternation of similar scenes until sunset when a universal unchaining of tongues and a general scamper proclaimed that the sun was down but it may be asked what was the result of all this strictness did it not disgust you with the sabbath and with religion no it did not it did not because it was the result of no unkindly feeling but of consistent principle and consistency of principle is what even children learn to appreciate and revere the law of obedience and of reverence for the sabbath was constraining so equally on the young and the old that its claims came to be regarded like those immutable laws of nature which no one thinks of being out of patience with though they sometimes bear 
hard on personal convenience the effect of the system was to ingrain into our character a veneration for the sabbath which no friction of after life would ever efface i have lived to wander in many climates and foreign lands where the sabbath is an unknown name or where it is only recognized by noisy mirth but never has the day returned without bringing with it a breathing of religious awe and even a yearning for the unbroken stillness the placid repose and the simple devotion of the puritan sabbath another scene how late we are this morning said mrs roberts to her husband glancing hurriedly at the clock as they were sitting down to breakfast on a sabbath morning really it is a shame to us to be so late sundays i wonder john and henry are not up yet hannah did you speak to them yes ma'am but i could not make them mind they said it was sunday and that we always have breakfast later sundays well it is a shame to us i must say said mrs roberts sitting down to the table i never lie late myself unless something in particular happens last night i was out very late and sabbath before last i had a bad headache well well my dear said mr roberts it is not worth while to worry yourself about it sunday is a day of rest everybody indulges a little of a sunday morning it is so very natural you know one's work done up one feels like taking a little rest well i must say it was not the way my mother brought me up said mrs roberts and i really can't feel it to be right this last part of the discourse had been listened to by two sleepy-looking boys who had meanwhile taken their seats at table with that listless air which is the result of late sleeping oh by the by my dear what did you give for those hams saturday said mr roberts eleven cents a pound i believe replied mrs roberts but stevens and phillips have some much nicer canvas and all for ten cents i think we had better get our things at stevens and phillips's in future my dear why are they much cheaper oh a great deal but i forget it is sunday we ought to be thinking of other things boys have you looked over your sunday-school lesson no ma'am now how strange and here it wants only half an hour of the time and you are not dressed either now see the bad effects of not being up in time the boys looked sullen and said they were up as soon as any one else in the house well your father and i had some excuse because we were out late last night you ought to have been up full three hours ago and to have been all ready with your lessons learned now what do you suppose you shall do oh mother do let us stay at home this one morning we don't know the lesson and it won't do any good for us to go no indeed i shall not you must go and get along as well as you can it is all your own fault now go upstairs and hurry we shall not find time for prayers this morning the boys took themselves upstairs to hurry as directed and soon one of them called from the top of the stairs mother mother the buttons are off this vest so i can't wear it and mother here is a long rip in my best coat said another why did you not tell me of it before said mrs roberts coming upstairs i forgot it said the boy well well stand still i must catch it together somehow if it is sunday there there is the bell stand still a minute and mrs roberts plied needle and thread and scissors there that will do for to-day 
dear me how confused everything is to-day it is always just so sunday said john flinging up his book and catching it again as he ran downstairs it is always just so sundays these words struck rather unpleasantly on mrs roberts's conscience for something told her that whatever the reason might be it was just so on sunday everything was later and more irregular than any other day in the week hannah you must boil that piece of beef for dinner to-day i thought you told me you did not have cooking done on sunday no i do not generally i am very sorry mr roberts would get that piece of meat yesterday we did not need it but here it is on our hands the weather is too hot to keep it it won't do to let it spoil so i must have it boiled for aught i see hannah had lived four sabbaths with mrs roberts and on two of them she had been required to cook from similar reasoning for once is apt in such cases to become a phrase of very extensive signification it really worries me to have things go on so as they do on sundays said mrs roberts to her husband i never do feel as if we kept sunday as we ought my dear you have been saying so ever since we were married and i do not see what you are going to do about it for my part i do not see why we do not do as well as people in general we do not visit nor receive company nor read improper books we go to church and send the children to sunday school and so the greater part of the day is spent in a religious way then out of church we have the children's sunday-school books and one or two religious newspapers i think that is quite enough but somehow when i was a child my mother said mrs roberts hesitating oh my dear your mother must not be considered an exact pattern for these days people were too strict in your mother's time they carried the thing too far altogether everybody allows it now mrs roberts was silenced but not satisfied a strict religious education had left just conscience enough on this subject to make her uneasy these worthy people had a sort of general idea that sunday ought to be kept and they intended to keep it but they had never taken the trouble to investigate or inquire as to the most proper way nor was it so much an object of interest that their weekly arrangements were planned with any reference to it mr roberts would often engage in business at the close of the week which he knew would so fatigue him that he would be weary and listless on sunday and mrs roberts would allow her family cares to accumulate in the same way so that she was either wearied with efforts to accomplish it before the sabbath or perplexed and worried by finding everything at loose ends on that day they had the idea that sunday was to be kept when it was perfectly convenient and did not demand any sacrifice of time or money but if stopping to keep the sabbath in a journey would risk passage money or a seat in the stage or in housekeeping if it would involve any considerable inconvenience or expense it was deemed a providential intimation that it was a work of necessity and mercy to attend to secular matters to their minds the fourth command read thus remember the sabbath day to keep it holy when it comes convenient and costs neither time nor money as to the effects of this on the children there was neither enough of strictness to make them respect the sabbath nor of religious interest to make them love it of course the little restraint there was proved just enough to lead them to dislike and despise it 
children soon perceived the course of their parents feelings and it was evident enough to the children of this family that their father and mother generally found themselves hurried into the sabbath with hearts and minds full of this world and their conversation and thoughts were so constantly turning to worldly things and so awkwardly drawn back by a sense of religious obligation that the sabbath appeared more obviously a clog and a fetter than it did under the strictest regime of puritan days End of chapter eight part one